back with the Dark Side of Dino, where we talk about all things paranormal. I'm your host, Tim, and my co-host, JB. Are you there tonight? You out there, JB? There you are. We had a little bit of difficulty there. Are you there with us? What's going on, man? Not much. We are back by popular demand here. Apparently, uh, everybody likes hearing about exorcism because they're demanding the part two. Well, do it. Not surprising, right? (laughs) (laughs) Such a taboo topic that uh, everybody wants to hear uh, what your opinion is on it. So I believe in the first episode, we talked about the first stage of um, possession, which is infestation. And in tonight's, we're going to talk about the second stage, which is oppression. So we're going to get into it here in just a second. Okay, so infestation, which we covered in the first episode, is uh, defined as this haunted house type of stuff, footsteps, voices, apparitions, furniture, or other objects moving without human agency, odors with no discernible source. Rather than directly affecting people, infestation affects only property, objects, or even animals. Tonight, we're talking about oppression, which the definition is activity, steps up with physical attacks, Sleep disturbances, including regular nightmares, frequent and severe illness, major depression or anxiety, severe financial or employment problems, and relationship troubles. While these things have normal course of life, all of them happening at once in rapid succession could be a sign of demonic possession. What did you take out of that, JB? The dreams, man. Really? Yeah. I know we've talked about quite a few um, of your dreams over the uh, last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, you've definitely had some interesting nightmares that you've told me about. Yeah. I mean, I think the dreams are what's almost the worst part about it, I would say. Like, fucked up dreams. Honestly, the dreams are what I use to like kind of break the silence with folks. Like, hey, man, that dreams, and then I go into it. I mean, uh, and they're reoccurring, and they're always different. And each time, it's always just a little bit different. But it it reaches you at all levels, like <laughs> mentally, physically, emotionally. It's it's all wrapped up in the one dream. But the most reoccurring one that I've had lately believe it or not, is <clears throat> I've been dreaming about watching myself through the eyes of one of our subscribers. You know, somebody who's watching my situation, you know, on YouTube. And I, I'm watching my own situation on YouTube from a different aspect. And, you know, the, the part about it that fucks me up is like, I'll get up and I'll, I'll see myself walking over to the computer to turn it on in the morning and, you know, check my email and that kind of stuff and pulling up one of the videos while I'm also watching it happen. So it's like you're bouncing in and out of that reality, you know, and the emotions that you have when you're watching stuff like that, you know, the, it's just, 
It's an odd feeling. And then looking at myself with just a blank look, like I'm always watching from behind, you know what I mean? I'm turning around and looking at myself. Yeah, it's got to be quite nerve-wracking, I would imagine. Are you, do you find yourself being exhausted going into these dreams, or do you find yourself being even more exhausted coming out of the dreams? I would say that it's always exhausted, man. It's like a constant state of exhaustion no matter what you do. Yeah, you know, no matter, I mean, and it's not always, well, I don't know, man, I'm always tired. Mm-hmm just amazing what you can get used to and for you know people who are looking at that kind of stuff and i'm just surely relating with specific things that i can relate with during these you know stages and there's a lot that i won't be able to but you know i've never been i would say physically attacked i mean it felt like i've had a shove i've fallen down some stairs trying to run away but at that point you don't not like I was just standing put and then just flew across the room over, <clears throat> you know, like in some of these cases that I've seen on that. Um, it seems like it's been dreams. like everybody else, like uh, JC got scratched and physically attacked. And like Rob, when he was doing his investigation was like physically ill during that session in the basement. Yeah. And I kind of felt like now you get a see. <laughs> all right you came in at optimistic and here you go fucker now you know what i'm going through right and that's a horrible way to look at it like these guys want to come over and get a taste of it and then they get a taste of it and it's it's not what they were hoping right it kind of makes me feel good it's kind of like ha (laughs) instant Mm. karma (laughs) and you were i guess before i interrupted you you said something about a nightmare was that what you leaned into they're all, I mean, it's a, the nightmare ones, <clears throat> I would say, are more real world, like losing a loved one or having to watch something bad happen to somebody and feeling, you know, helpless. I mean, I've had a, a lot of weird dreams like that where I've, I've watched people that I love and care about get hurt and I, I know I can help, but I can't. And that, that's a whole nother level of mindset to be paralyzed or, you know, it's just like a calming hand on my chest where I'm watching horrible shit happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, it's like a bad trip almost. I don't know anybody out there that's ever tried hallucinogens. <laughs> Mushrooms, for example, or acid if you're in the older ages. <laughs> um, LSD was big when we were kids and was for a long time before that. And if you have a bad trip, it's like it's a, a complete mind fuck. It's you, you start thinking outside of your normal way of thought. And, you know, the, wor- the worst thing is, is, you know, knowing that I've, I've always been able to protect people that I care about and watching them get, you know, just horrible shit happening to them is, is terrifying to me. And it's like... It, whoever's programming my dreams find a way to hit me at my, my softest points. And that's terrifying when you have repeated dreams of things that you're vulnerable to, you know, like your kids, your family, your friendships, you know, jobs, 
your relationships, the way you're looked at in society. It's like all the things that I hold in my head will come out through a dream. And that's, you know, that, and like I said, that's how I tested water with people just to see, you know, their reaction. I mean, if you're going through this stuff, like try out, <laughs> just tell people what you're really going through in the form of a dream and just see what kind of feedback you get. You know, some people will be like, wow, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> you know, and there's some people are like, you probably should go see someone. And then there's some people that'll look up, you know, what dreams mean and try to dig deeper. And it's like, anything with this topic you have to test the water and i think that's another terrifying thing is it's like if you keep having stuff happen over and over and over in your dreams is it carrying out in your real life because you know in my scenario what i've experienced the dreams are what carry over because it, it's like a vivid dream where you remember it not like you know in the moment where that dream follows you for a series of days yeah, some well, you people think even, about it while you're awake. That's some, terrifying. Some people even keep like a dream diary so they can go back and like reference stuff. But it sounds like to me like you are having a level of nightmare that you're not like soon to forget. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all have a nightmare that we've had that we'll never forget. You know, I, I and that's, I don't think that's a good indicator. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people, unless that's just something that they hide. They they hide the reality, you know, through a dream. When they talk to people about it, they're like, oh, it was just a dream. It's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it very well might not be. I, I dreamed about stuff that's happened in my house, and it's always from a point of view aspect. Is or it- from the outside looking in. Like, I've had dreams where I'm standing outside watching my life through a window. You feel like and that, that scares was, me. Was that like an out of body experience kind of thing, or is it different in some way? Kind of like an out of body experience, but I'm still living my life. You know, it's I'm watching me do exactly what I would do. It's a weird feeling, and then at the end, I'll look at myself. <laughs> I could see me looking at me like, oh. There was one time, I was watching. Somewhere in the hallway, I just I was watching. I got up and I walked downstairs, and I came back upstairs. And I'm watching me do this. And I walked up by the door, screaming as loud as I can, "Hey, hey, hey!" And I went back and laid down, and I saw that like black shadow in my closet. And it was like as soon as I started to go to sleep, you know, it started moving out towards my bed, and I was screaming and kicking and pulling on the bed and trying to rip the covers off and then all of a sudden I turned around and looked up and I looked at myself and I I fit, like fell sideways like just kind of like just passed out and then when I woke up I was sweating and in that same position that I fell in and it was just like oh yeah you almost like never want to go to sleep after an experience like that no, and when you look at yourself, that's that's the hardest part about the dream, I would say. It's, it's most fucked up is when that it always ends with me looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it's like that startled look, like, oh! <gasps> you know, and you have that same expression on your face when you look at yourself. It's very specific. 
mm-hmm. all of these dreams are like detail oriented from the ambient noise to the spill of the fur in my room like it, it's just it's a like all your senses are there and you can feel and hear and hear yourself breathe and feel your heartbeat you're just like and you can't move well, we talked a little that. bit in the last episode about opening doors with like let's say like seances and Ouija boards and communication devices but I think you could I'm almost certain that there's a way to open doors in your dreams I would think on the, like a like a mental level right oh well man and, and it's like what we're doing right now is we're investigating like we're trying to find just based off of the information that's out there it's readily available like I don't I don't see how an open door could affect, I mean, dreams are personal. That's inside your head. That's, there has to be an external force, I would imagine, that creates a sense of emotions which dictates your dreams. I would, I would think that that's purely a dopamine or something like that in your head mm-hmm. that, that makes you have that. I don't. Like Joe Rogan's made the point in the past that he's like, it's almost like the human head or the shape of it is almost like an antenna. Like it can also, not only can it receive like different signals, but obviously we can send out different signals through like creative means. So I wonder if you're like receiving something from beyond possibly. I don't know, man. A good person to ask that would be like Stephen King who gets all of his ideas from dreams that he's had. You know, if you look at scenarios like that, I don't think that guy's haunted by anything other than his own thoughts. But that might be just as terrifying as it's like something that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I don't—I wouldn't say that I'm a door or anything special. I think that you know, there's something that we talked in the last episode that was either I've done or said or did. And, you know, I think that opening a door there's there's multiple ways to do that. It just depends on who you are and what you're about and state of mind and life experiences and what makes you smiles and cries, man. Mm-hmm. It's all we really have in life anyway, I think, you know. You have perfectly normal people that have really fucked up dreams. Is that a cause of something? Is that like a mental illness? I think you have twisted work and, you know, fucked up dreams all the time is that that something that you should be aware of absolutely you know you know i think there's meaning behind them and it's not always easy to decipher what those dreams are trying to tell you right there's some people who have their psychic quote unquote abilities that they have visions in their sleep that turn out to be a reality i think there's a lot of credible stories of people that have had that ability so I wouldn't say that, you know, me specifically is anything special. I really wouldn't be outside of that. Mm-hmm. I, and you were saying, like, you have dreams, and then, like, later on, like, things tend to happen, like, in real life that w- occurred in the dreams first? Yeah, it's a mix of the first and second sign that we're talking about in this situation. You know, it's really bad dreams and then a heightened sense of, you know, activity around me. Um really bad dreams um i i travel i start having really bad dreams where 
you know, I'm walking alone and all of a sudden everything goes jet black. I can still hear the leaves and still the sticks and the, the, the shit under my feet. But, you know, just being in a room of black, like the, everything around you, top, bottom, side to side, jet black. You just keep walking, you know, and I've learned to just keep walking in my dreams. It's when you stop is when something bad happens. Just keep your head down and just kind of put your feelers out and keep moving. <laughs> That's when I have dreams and shit like that. Um, I'll try to get out of town. I'll get out of the house for a little while and try to reset. You know, but melatonin and stuff like that, I would say sleep aids put me in a deeper sleep than what I would normally be in so I could wake up easier. When I take sleeping aids of any kind, that's when. It's a it's an effective memory that you know, sticks with me. It's you know few days awake and not awake. If that makes sense. Do you find like it's uh, there's different dreams when you're not at home as opposed to when you're home? Are they like less like scary or are they just less intense or does it does it does it not really even make a difference? It's like tricking your mind. It's like all right, I escaped. I took off. I ran away. And then you have that sense of like, oh, I'm not there anymore. It's the house. I'm not at home. And then you you wake up with the same feeling in the morning. Even if you don't have the dream, you still remember the dream that made you leave the house. Mm-hmm. So I, essentially, it's, you don't get away with it. I know I've had dreams myself in the past where, like, I'll dream about a whole day that I'm having and. I've not yet experienced that until like years later down the road, it happens exactly the way it did in the dream. And I'm like, Holy shit. That was like a premonition or precognitive view or something. And it doesn't yeah. hit you until you actually live that moment that you dreamed all those years ago. And you get that deja vu. Yeah, exactly. It's like deja vu. When I get deja vu now, I do everything in my power to, to change what I would normally be doing in that scenario. And you get deja vu, like I do, it's like you got to throw a wrench in it somehow. I've I've fallen down. I've hit myself, you know, stabbed myself in the leg with a pin, not to where it goes in, just enough to where it hurts. Like I'll I'll do something different than how I was remembering with that incident. You know what I mean? Like just to avoid... Because if I'm dreaming and I have that deja vu feeling, it's usually not good. So you're trying to like break the cycle or the pattern per se? Mm-hmm. Maybe. When I get deja vu, I, I literally, I've fallen to the ground before intentionally just to, to do something off kilter to the, that moment, you know. And when I, when I start to feel that deja vu feeling, it's, you know, I, I panic. It's like flight or flight moment. And people look at you like you're fucking nuts. It's like, I have become so edgy over this past 10 years, going on 10 now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder when, you know, these, these steps, you know, how long it takes. Do you find there's like sometimes when you think you're dreaming, but you're actually not, or maybe even yeah. like vice versa, where like 
it seems like reality, but actually you're dreaming. You don't even know anymore. That's a tough thing. You you kind of you're questioning whether reality is actually reality in in a few instances in your daily life. Yeah, where you just you stop trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really bad. I don't think that that's healthy practice at all. Yeah, that's tough, man. When you start questioning whether, you know, what's real is real, you kind of, you know, go down a rabbit hole that's infinitely as deep as it is, you know, wide. There seems to be, like, no end in sight, neither, like, 2D or 3D. Yeah. You know, and and you see these these other cases, I think that this is a big one that they skip over in a lot of the the aspects that they talk to, you know, and that's, that's what's shocking to me in a lot of the cases that I, I've heard or watched videos on, um, real accounts, they, they completely skip step number two and they usually go into three, you know, other than the, the physical attacks, I, I would rather take a scratch and a shove or a punch or, you know, be ripped out of bed over, the dreams any day. The physical aspect I could handle, handle the mental torment is the worst. Mm-hmm. I would say with the dreams. That's if people really out there really want to know what scares people, it's their dreams. Oh, absolutely. Because they're already living a nightmare. How much worse can it get? You know, with your eyes open, just when it's closed. And it's like when you're in that state, it's almost like a trance and you just feel so helpless. Like there's nothing you can do in that situation to either escape what you're, you're experiencing or, you know, improve on the experience that, uh, that haunts you so much. And it's, it's not like that you wake up and that's all you think about nonstop. I mean, you go about your normal life, you know, and then just every once in a while, it's something will trigger it's consistent. You can go about your normal day, all day, every day, every month, every year. There's always that one thing that will trigger it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll remember that dream. and Or it'll bring you back to that place that you most dread. That's how it feels. Like it's, it just takes one little thing and boom, you just... It's like groundhogs. They live in the same thing over and over and over. And you try to predict it at a certain point. You're like, okay, well, I've been going on this road for you all fucking day. I'm in a good space. So you inadvertently try to go around all of those triggers and you don't even realize it. And that's, that's the memory that you have to program yourself into. And I think it's these little things that I catch after doing it for so many years and asking for help and, you know, making it public to get even more advice. I, I would I would say that I have set up a series of boundaries between me and the dreams that I, I can navigate and live a normal life. I think that that's a key thing. There's something to that. What would you say like a common trigger is for you? Like you're just walking along and you like see something that triggers like the memory of that nightmare? 
Honestly, man, it's, it's like maybe it's sound. sound weird. It's when something looks at me in the face, and it's something. It's that's... almost like like a scary, you know, those those jump scares. Like you look at somebody, and then all of a sudden, bam, their face turns evil. I'm not saying that I see shit like that, but mm-hmm. it's it's almost like when certain people look at me. I, there's just something about certain people, and it's when you work out in the public all day. I've tried working at home, and if it's not somebody's face, it's the way they talk. Mm-hmm. So it's just like kind of random people shooting you a certain like type of glance. Not that they right. stuff that's not there that you're seeing or anything like that, huh? It's just it's interactions or, you know, you hear a bad story and then all of a sudden, boom, you get sucked into your own shit. And I know that sounds selfish. It does. And that's the way I view it. So I don't try to do that as much, but you'll be listening to somebody's like, Oh, you know, like today, for example, it triggered when a, a female that I worked with, um, she, you know, was talking about how she is engaged to somebody, but they're looking at 90 years in jail. And it just immediately made me think like I've, I've been in jail for 10 years in my mind. Like I know exactly what this girl's going through. Like she, you're scared. You don't know what to do. You know, you're, you're dependent on the amenities from that individual. Like, and at the blink of an eye, it's just, boom, you're right back into it. Hmm. And now we're sitting here talking about it, you know, um, and that's why I avoid videos and stuff like that a lot, especially when you're you're really going through it, is because the last thing I want to look at is the camera when I'm going through bad shit. That triggers it itself, and that goes right back into my dream, you know, where I'm literally watching everything unfold through two sets of eyes, my own book. Well, they actually, uh, when they were filming the Exorcist movie, they had to do some like weird things to get like real reactions from the actors. Like when that priest was on the phone and he has that like jump scare, all of a sudden they actually uh, discharged a shotgun like near his head to get that uh, reaction on film. And there was another scene in the movie where she gets uh, like the mother gets thrown against the wall. They actually uh, like hooked her to this harness. And he had like three dudes pulling on it, so it slammed her into the wall with like real force, and that was like a, a real like injury reaction that they got out of her. That's how serious they take like these uh, exorcism and paranormal movies. Uh, I mean, when that movie came out, they used to use real you know dead animals in their movies and shit. You know what I mean? Like today, mm-hmm. it's it would be all set up. I I think that. Again, that's why it's hard for me to watch that video is because a lot of weird things happened on that set. Right. And a lot of it, you know, you feel that when they're in there. And everyone that watches her and sees what that thing's done to her face and how they talk and the, the vile shit that comes out of that little girl's mouth, everyone has a different perspective of it. It makes every single person feel differently. Mm. And I don't care who you are, you don't watch horror movies or whatever, but you're also the type of people that you know, Yeah, it does seem I would like they shut down towards everything. You just 
your natural instinct is to immediately go, oh, well, that's not real. No big deal. wonder if it is. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of a stigma around like these movies that uh, deal with the topic of exorcism. Because even like that old movie Poltergeist, that uh, little girl actually died in the third installment in real life. Yeah. Or the, on the filming of uh, The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Getting their wardrobe burned to the ground. Or no, that was Possession. Yeah, I think so. With the girl with the little box that was about the divot box. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they all went home one night and then their wardrobe and stuff, all of the movie props, all of their, you know, things for that movie got burned to a crisp. Yes, I don't know how they can, like, you know, discount, like, things that are happening that are so astronomically odd that there's really no rational explanation for why they're occurring other than it's got to be some kind of, like, spiritual connection of some sort. I think that's another way of opening up the door. Hmm. Like, uh, on a spiritual level? Is that what you're saying? I mean, think about it for an actor that have had weird things happen to them. When these people get into movie mode, I've heard about actors going out in real life and investigating part if they're doing a server or an ambulance guy. They go out there and they live their life as that person would to help them with that role. So when you're doing a film like that and you're all in and you're invested and that's all you see and think about, don't you think it's only a matter of time before someone has an experience that's out of place because they're, that's all their mind is focused on. Yeah. If they're saying that you can open up doors mentally and all you're focusing on is that specific thing, then boom, something like that happens. Are you really shocked? I would hope that there isn't like actors going out and doing like seances and crazy stuff like that or joining like occults and things like that. I would hope they wouldn't go to that extreme, but I guess they do. you can never discount they do. it. It's a rush, man. Like I've said since this all first started coming out, it's like a drug drug that you don't have to shoot in your arm or you know swallow or snort or inhale like a lot of people have a lot of vices man and it's it's addicting to get to that level of fright i think that's you know people are searching for that that scare when they go to like the 13th floor or they go to these haunted houses it's because once you've experienced the real thing or even the fake stuff you know, I, there's certain haunted houses I can't go to because it scares the fuck out of me. You know, you're expecting people to jump out at you, but it gets you when you're not expecting it. And, it's and such that's, a, that's part of it. It's such a taboo, like, niche topic, too, that, you know, people seem to ridicule others that come out and talk about it because they're, you know, obviously, I guess it's good to be a skeptic first, but then when you really experience something, you're just, like, so blown away. It, 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 I don't know how you can continue to be a skeptic after that. Dude, we got whistleblowers coming out right now in our own government that we have alien bodies and fucking alien spacecraft. And you'll still have those people out there that immediately are being like, okay, yeah, right. Like, they wouldn't believe it even if it landed in their front yard. And that's that's perfectly normal. That's that's a way of deflecting. And people do that with all kinds of stuff. You know, they, they pick fun at people for things that they're insecure about. Mm-hmm. And the more people that speak out against it and talk shit, it just shows you that they're just as scared, if not, you know, more afraid than you are. And I'm good with that. 
if that's your way of coming out and saying, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go out of my way to make my voice heard and type in a stupid fucking comment that makes me look completely ridiculous. Yeah, And that means that they're, you know, they're projecting what they're going through and how dare you talk about it. That's people deal with stuff all the time. And if you watch a lot of these videos, man, there's a lot of cases of people that are going through these symptoms a lot. Mm -hmm. Alex Jones, he had a theory about the UFO thing. He seems to believe that they're demonic entities that are like interdimensional beings. I don't know if I believe that. Cause he's that's a little nuts. Yeah, he's a little bit out there, you know, with like the whole like gay frogs and stuff like that. But uh, it was an interesting perspective. But I don't think there's any connection between paranormal and uh, UFOs. Why would a demon have to fly in a saucer? Right. You know, I just think that's yeah, Alex Jones being Alex Jones. But earlier you were getting to the point where you're talking about like more nightmares that you experienced before I cut you off. So I definitely want to circle back to that. You know, like, it's a repetitive dream, but it's always a little bit different. You know, when when people talk about the boogeyman under their bed, I'm, I'm talking about the one in my head, if that makes sense. My boogeyman's upstairs. <laughs> he's not below my bed. He's, he's straight up, you know, in the head. And, you know... When you feel something, like it's the sleep paralysis going. Again, it's like it always is It's to a point where I have to watch it happen. And it's from watching family members being tortured and my children, you know, having horrible things done to them, stabbed and beaten and, and just the feeling of helplessness. And I think that the biggest part of that that whole sentence was helplessness. <laughs> to know that you have the ability but not be able to is the worst feeling on the planet. And, you know, and you're just standing in the corner of a room watching everything go by, and sometimes just nothing but silence. You're just staring off into the same direction and not being able to move, not being able to blink, just... You're stuck. All you can do is look around. You can't miss a second. And just waiting for something to happen and wait and wait and wait. And like I said, it's always a little different. What? I was just listening to your story. Did you hear that? Heard something. I heard something. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. The dreams. Mm-hmm. Just have to shake your head on that. What are some of the worst ones you've had? Being lost. You know, like going through. It's usually out in the woods. I know. I have a thing about being out in the, the wilderness after dark kind of like snake trap or snakes and spiders like it just you get that uneasy feeling like oh god i hate spiders like in big spiders or even worse mm-hmm. so when you're you're walking through the woods and you just see these giant spiders crawling up and down the trees it's always something that 
I, I don't like, or, you know, the, the biggest one is looking down and, you know, seeing snakes and spiders and hands coming out of the floor that, you know, are all chewed up and bitten and skin falling off. Like I would say that there's, there's levels of gore that go through that. But the, the problem is, is when I'm, I'm standing there in a field and there, there's nothing but trees in like a valley, but I, I can't get away from snakes. So the branches are always just a little too high for me to reach to pull myself up, you know, and that, that rock's always just a little too far for me to, you know, cross a ravine to get down into it's at that point you pick the battles mm-hmm. and it's, it's always mind fucks you know it's it, like i said it's it's the things that are only in your head that you don't walk around and say hey you know my name is jared and by the way i'm terrified of spiders it's <laughs> it, it's things that you hold in and it's not until you experience something and have a reaction to it that people know that you're afraid of spiders you know mm-hmm. like that that's the worst part about it is that you're you you live the things that make you squirm and it's constant the the snake and spider thing is the one that gets me or you know just having somebody nonstop talk to you and not be able to tell them to shut the fuck up or walk away just like that that one pesky person that just makes your fucking blood curdle when you're around them, you know, and constantly be in a room full of those type of people that just irritate you to the point where you're about to snap. It's like a torment. It's not like I see demons and stuff like that. It's, it's a personal torment and it's all of stuff that's in my head. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And do you it's find like, that, um... you know, insecurities or, um, I'm around nothing but bald people. And one of my biggest insecurities is that I went bald at a very young age. I started balding when I was 18. And I'm 40 now, and, you know, I, I wear a hat. And if I don't shave my hair down to bald, you know, it's, it, I just think it looks sick. It's, like, not clean, you know. <laughs> if you don't have hair on the top of your head, then shave the shit off the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an aesthetic and it just, it bothers me. And then I cover it up and hide it. Well, I can imagine. When everybody damn well knows that I'm 40 years old and why would I wear a hat to everything? Like, I'm, I'm obviously trying to compensate for something or cover it up. Well, I can see where, like, um, atmosphere would lead to, like, intense manifestation. Like, if you're in a dark forest or, like, a, an eerie house or something like that, obviously would amplify... <laughs> the level of manifestation you were going to experience, I would think. Right. Or it's always an extreme. It's never, a, you know, a medium. Mm-hmm. It's like being around people who are excessively happy and cheerful and joyful. It's like, Oh, at a certain point you start to know it's fake. And that's what you think anyway. So some people just live now and nice and have nothing bad to say. There's no negativity and, you know, it takes a lot to bring it out of them, and it's just like you get irritated. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like look in depth into like any of the um, like symbols from your dreams? Like you said, spiders and snakes. Have you ever like uh, looked online and maybe like dream diaries to see what maybe those might signify, or is that just kind of nothing that would interest you? Nah, man, I ain't trying to fuck with that. Yeah, it's better not to know. 
What's going on? And that just a, another layer of paranoia that I'm not trying to add. So it's kind of like ignorance is bliss in that situation. Essentially. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, the more ignorant you can play to this type of stuff, I would say, is more beneficial. Like plausible the less you know, the, you know, the less that you can be hung by. Because then you start to anticipate that next step. Like, oh, it's going to happen. So is it always like a slow buildup when these events occur, or is it just, you know, straight up in your face all the time? It's a series. I would say it's a sequence of events that lead up to the big show. And what's and it, involved in that sequence? For you, at, at least. It might be different for everybody, but what's your sequence? Depression. That would be the first part. You know, the insecurity. Like, I don't know. We're 40 years old. We've both been married and divorced. And now I'm remarried. And I would say I, I start to question, you know, friendships and loyalties and you start to think things that are that are not even remotely close to reality. Like, oh, my wife's cheating on me or stuff like that. I, I would say that that would be the first telltale sign. And that's in prolonged periods and not necessarily consistent, but, you know, very sporadic and, you know, but repeatedly happening. And I would say that would be the first step. And then the next step I would say would be small creaks and cracks and noises and things that happen right next to you. You jump and you look and it's like you don't see it happen, but you sense that it happened or heard it or, you know, the noises is what makes you jump. And it's, again, it's, it's never a steady stream. It's always here and there to remind you like, okay, well, you've been depressed for a little while now, all of a sudden, boom, or a door slams shut. And then you don't remember if it really did shut. And like, you know, you, you think, oh, well, I shut that, you know, you truly can't remember because you're so startled. Like, oh, fuck, what was that? Was that in my head? Like, I've been having a rough week. You know, and sometimes it's just like boom, 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 back to back to back. But I would say the, the majority of the time it's, it's a gradual buildup and it, it breaks me down, shocks me, and I pick myself up, I brush myself off, and I try to move forward again. But it, it always starts with a, a feeling of dread or, you know, emotional issue, sure. Almost like a manic episode, I would say if you know what a bipolar is and stages of what happens when they're in a manic state, I would say that that would be the beginning of it. Even though I'm medicated and have been on the same stuff consistently every day for the past five years, six years now. Yeah. I was going to ask um, you that. How do you feel like uh, mental illness or like maybe like drugs and alcohol abuse would fit into uh, like the paranormal field? Cause it seems like it's all connected in some way. I would say drugs and alcohol. I never had problems and I think that's why I did it. Not to make excuses. I mean, at the end of the day, it was ultimately my decision. I did it because I liked the feeling, but I, would, I was more numb to the scenario. Like, you, it's a little hard to get scared when you're completely wrecked. Well, so for you, you it was know, like, a, like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> like a form of escapism is what you found in, like, recreational use? Yeah. I mean, other than marijuana, I mean, I would say on weed, 
Have you ever had a paranormal experience? No. On weed? <laughs> no. No, when I take edibles, man, that just knocks me on my ass, and I'm out for four or five hours. See, not me, man. Like, in my heyday, can't believe I'm saying this. In my heyday, when I could sit down and smoke two or three bowls um, and just get that heady high that, you know, puts you in the couch. Um, those days are long gone, man. Like, I don't know, just like overnight, it was, I take a couple hits and I get paranoid high. You know, and I, I try to bump down to the less stronger pot. Because I grew up in the days where you had to pull seeds and sticks out of your weed. And nine times out of ten, it might smell like gas when you did it. <laughs> <laughs> and that these, these kind bud strands that they're coming out with now, I mean, I've, all, I've always heard that, you know, one of the side effects of marijuana is that you can have this euphoric feeling that, you know, visual and hallucinogenic properties of marijuana. Um, so maybe some of some stuff could be chalked up to that, I guess. I don't know, but where I'm at with weed now, um, I can't, I can't smoke it to go to sleep. It wakes me right up. Indica, sativa, doesn't matter. Um, edibles, I always have to mix it with a flower. Um, but it, it doesn't dumb it for me like it used to. So it's, it's the point of it. I, I just don't, I don't need to feel high all the time anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like I get my high on trying not to get high. Right. It's, it, it, it heightens my sensitivity lately because mm-hmm. I get paranoid. Man. It, it's, I get paranoid. <laughs> and I'm not the only person that gets paranoid when they smoke weed, so I don't know if that's paranormal or what, but <laughs> something in me changed. <laughs> Like the first time I started taking edibles, when they first became legal here, um, it was around the time they were doing the census door to door. And I had just taken an edible and laid down for maybe like 20 minutes, starting to feel good. And I get the knock on my fucking door from a a census bureau worker. So I stumble out of bed and go answer the door. And she's sitting here wanting to ask me all these questions. I'm like, look, lady, I'm really tired and I just want to go to bed. And, you know, I was, yeah. you know, I was just not, not rude, but blunt. I said, why don't you just come back another day right now? I just, I don't want to talk about this. I've already sent in my form. I don't know why you're here. Kind of annoyed. I just want to go to bed, shut the door. <laughs> I go back and lay down. And then like a half an hour later, just voices in my head. They're like, why did you kill her? Why did you kill her? Why did you kill her? And I'm like, dude, I'm not that fucked up. I know I didn't kill her, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't shake that feeling like, it's weird how that stuff tells you stuff sometimes. It's not necessarily accurate. No, but you kind of let the cat out of the bag on that one. There's going to be people going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he needs to call a shrink now. <laughs> I knew. They're like, going to call the, the fucking red line or red flag hotline. <laughs> I, I knew, like, you know, in my inner conscience that I, I didn't do anything, but it was weird how it was trying to tell me that. You did something. Tell him, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And and that's where, like, you know, I feel like there's some connection between traumatic experience and, like, paranormal activity. It seems like, you know, something that devastates you in your life leads to, like, a more susceptible state for maybe possession. It would have to be. I'd never have a hardcore experience when I'm way up. 
And I don't think that drug and alcohol use in my scenario um, did anything to open up any door. It's karma. And I am a firm believer of that 100%. Like karma for maybe like a previous life, if you believe in like reincarnation, I guess, huh? Right. Or a, a previous family member did something and, you know, fate didn't catch up to him and it, you know, got you like, you, you got to open up your mind to all that kind of stuff. And once you start to do that, I think that's when you really are in danger of getting, getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's when you, you, you have to come at it open-minded a hundred percent. And that's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And you got to sleep uh, like in a room with like rain on a tin roof as far as like noise in the background or like a green screen, right? Yeah, I do uh white noise, black noise, brown noise. Um, and is that just kind of like to, just, to drown out what's re- going on in the background or is that just to help you sleep or keeps there... my mind busy? I see. Because, you know, that would creep me out if, like, you're in absolute darkness and you don't know if you're dreaming or not, and then you just see the darkness moving. I don't know if I could recover from something as traumatic as that. Just creeping in on you. Slowly. It's like an evening takes an eternity some nights. Laying in bed and just noticing over time, little by little, watching yourself to slip into complete black mm. and that's you're looking around watching TV and it's just getting darker and darker in the background and that's that's another one that I've had to where I, I, I recall watching something and I'm standing behind myself watching me watch TV and it's just a white screen and then all behind it's just jet black it's just this unbearable white light and you can't blink, and you start to your eyes start to strain, and then it starts to get foggy. You know, like you're gonna pass out. And then you wake up. So in these Boom. these dreams, you're outside of yourself, watching yourself. Have you ever seen that entity, like in that picture anywhere, like watching your physical self, or even noticing your like subconscious self watching yourself? Have you ever w- experienced anything like that? Uh, I've watched myself hurt myself. There was one night I was just sitting on the bed shaking and quivering. The weird thing is, is I was in whitey tighties. I've never done that. Like, even when I was younger, my mom always bought me boxers. It's like my dad always said, you know, you got to let that shit hang. You don't want to keep them all bunched up. In there. <laughs> I know that's crude, but fuck, man, it's, it's true. And I was just sitting there my knees up and my hands wrapped around the back of my um my, my arms like holding my thighs to my chest you know what i mean like just kind of in a fetal position sitting up and then all of a sudden i just relaxed and sat straight up which is also you know not something that normally happens and i started just peeling my skin off you know just screaming and like my head shaking back and forth back and forth like it just i'm just pulling myself apart and that one, I have a lot, and it's, you know, the depression's around prominently. You know, it's, again, I, 
I know I have bipolar and I know part of bipolar is going manic, but you know, you may not be manic state consciously, but subconsciously I am always in a manic state when I'm in in dream mode. Then there's nights that I don't have anything happen. But I wake up thinking about the dream that I had two days before or a month before. It's like, you know, change the record. And that's that's the part of the repetitiveness, or, you know, repetitively hitting me. Like, okay, when I have the dream, it's real fucked up and I hate it. But then I remember it all day, every day. Boom, 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 boom. So it's, you know, like the definition of part two of this segment, you know, depression, is that what you said it was? Mm-hmm. Depression and anxiety usually is the uh, beginning in rapid state succession. Of Imagine living the right. dream and then being afraid of the nightmare after you've had it for a month. So not only did you have the nightmare continue, but you have to think about it and live that nightmare through your head all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you just described the last dream about being in the fetal position and peeling your skin, and I'm sure that those entities can feed you like. You know, images of you doing something you would never do and maybe giving you a clue with a tidy whities that that's kind of like a fantasy and not like reality kind of thing? I don't I just think that would be a horrible way to end. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be a horrible way to to go out. And the scary part about it is, is I do it without any expression. And then I'll just, I'll start screaming. And I'm feeling it. I'm not looking at it. And I'm looking down and pieces of me are ripped off. Like, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like it sucks myself back into my own head and I look down. There's got to be something to that. But I don't know that. <laughs> Fuck that. And it's just like straight up nightmares. You don't haven't had like uh, night terrors or anything like that. That's just like constant, and it, it always seems to like start off extreme. Suicide. Really. Thoughts. Yeah. It's just the, the thought of hurting yourself because I would never be able to do that. I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> There's anybody that I know loves me as me. I, I will put myself before a lot of things except my children. Like, outside of that, like, it's going to take a lot for me not to look out for me first. And I would never be able to go through with that. Like, I've, I've had my bouts with that, but to actually go through with it, I know I would never get to that level. But when you dream about watching yourself do it, <laughs> You know what that does to you inside? <laughs> Fuck me. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck. Absolutely. No. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? Could you ever do that to yourself? No, I could never do that to myself. I'm, I'm, now, you know, if you saw yourself do it to yourself, <laughs> that'd be you disturbing. Talk about a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really disturbing. Do you find that that's the most uh, like? terrorizing dream that you've had or is there something even like you know next level to that oh that's not even bad it's so you got something way worse the the way they all end it's like just a expressionless look on your face like 
you know, when you look in some people's coffin and it's their facial muscles are relaxed, there's no emotion on the face, it's empty. Now imagine having your coffin face look at you with your eyes open. Imagine if somebody laying in that coffin opened their eyes and looked at me. That's the feeling that I get. I would rather do that, like hurt myself, than constantly have to see what you look like essentially dead. There's no emotion. There's nothing there. Every time you just make eye contact with yourself. I can't explain the feeling that it gives you. It's insane. Hmm. And I think you, I mean, how many females have you been to in your life? Huh. You got me like how, thinking about that. How, <laughs> think about it. Like how many funerals have you been to? Oh, I've been to uh, three funerals uh, of close friends. And they were open casket? I mean, did you have a, a viewing of them and all that? Uh, no. Uh, one of them, when I was a teenager, it was an open casket. And I was of, uh, like a lifelong elderly person that I knew my whole life because I was only like 13 at the time and she was in her like seventies and stuff and she passed away. So that was the only open casket I went to. And then the other two, uh, I waited until they did the closed casket and then came in. Cause it's, it's not, it's not some, not, that's not how I want to remember them is, you know, <laughs> my logic and, and doing it that way. And that's a good thing. Though. I mean, so when I got divorced, I've heard a lot of you out there that, haven't went through that yet. Divorces are very expensive. And when you have to go about taking care of yourself and pay out tens of thousands of dollars just to make sure you can preserve a little bit of dignity throughout the process with a good lawyer. Um, I had to work two jobs and I made very good money, six figure income that I've always, I've had for many years, um, I've, I've always managed to hit the, that six-figure income level. And when you make that kind of money and still have to do a second job, um, it hurts. And what I did was, is I, I did night cleaning for a few cemeteries. A good friend of ours had a, and, uh, a cleaning business and he did commercial. And he would clean up the mortuaries. Um, cemeteries throughout Denver and so I would go in there late at night and take out the trash vacuum wipe down countertops change out you know um, like air fresheners in the bathroom and a lot of the areas that you know you would have to clean and vacuum in there was either a body on display for a vigil when people come in it was, it was attached to a, uh, a church um, and yeah, I mean, they prep you for your funeral. They come in and you have your funeral at the same building, and then they take you out to the cemetery. Um, I never had anything really happen, but there was this one woman. And she was in this like really shiny, like almost like a, a exotic car. It didn't look like wood, it looked like metal, but it was super polished. It was just a deep black, and 
she had these burns of these symbols all over her body and she had this jet black hair and she had this bonnet on her head a very wealthy individual had to be just the way she was dressed in the coffin the jewelry that she had on it was it was eerie and that's that's the plain look face that I was talking about. This woman had these burns all over her hands, all over her face. Like it wasn't like I was standing there and being disrespectful, but you couldn't help but stop and look. And you know, experiencing that, and the kids and the women, you know, the younger people that would come in was the hardest, and the babies, um, right down to people who were. There was this one kid that got shot by the cops. Um, and I remember coming in one night and uh, it just, I had this heavy feeling on me because I'd have to wait up till midnight and I couldn't go in there till one and I would work. It'd take about an hour and a half, two hours, depending, um, clean it. And they only paid me like 3,500 a month and that you're talking five nights a week. I was there cleaning and dude, they brought. The, the hearse in, and this woman didn't have a coffin, so they put her on this like metal slab, and she was there for an extended period of time. And her fingers turned blue and black and started to curl at her fingertips. She sat there for so long until they put her into a loner coffin, and finally, she was being shipped out of state. But she, for whatever reason, she was there in limbo for a little while and her body was just just sitting there naked on this slab and I'd have to go into that room and pull the trash. There's just this like shriveled up body in this cold room just laying on a slab. Like it's just death is very fucked up. And every time I look at that face it's there's just no feeling and no experience. You, you just know that there's nothing in there. And to see yourself look like that with your eyes open is terrifying. That's what I'm saying. Like, all my dreams end like that. And it's with that stale face. And that's that's the feeling that it takes me back to seeing all those people in that mortuary getting ready to be, you know, buried. Like, all the life's out of them. There's nothing there. Yeah, it seems like reality is just as disturbing as uh, your dreams in that aspect. Yeah, there. <laughs> it it definitely puts you in the check. That's for sure. Like, oh fuck, one day that will be me. Yeah. Am I going to be looking at myself? Nobody, like, nobody gets out of this life alive. That's one thing that's guaranteed. Maybe this is just limbo, in the in between. You never know. It's the debt we all pay. Yep. Oh. Yes, we do. <laughs> but it, you're going to go to another thing. And you'll, and I know this sounds fucked up, the loved one. But you'll never forget the look on their face. So if you can avoid seeing that, I would. Yeah, death is a very, just very odd, like eye opening thing there. It's just. I don't know. It's I don't know how to describe it for people that haven't like witnessed that, because it's it's I don't know. It's just very odd. That's the best way I can describe it. I have no, no words for it. Yeah. And I I just 
I don't associate demons with death because I don't think demons know what death is. They don't live in the same realm. They're not. They're not like us. We're just we're pawns in a much smaller game, and it makes me wonder. Going through experiences and seeing and being able to, to do what I've done um, truly makes you think, man. Maybe something really does happen when you die and it makes you wonder <laughs> what side of the fence am I going to end up on? Right. I don't and that think... really gets to you after a while. You really start questioning, like, oh, I need to go to heaven, I need to go to heaven. And it's like, or is heaven just a farce? And I'm living hell right now. <laughs> you know, like you, it's such a rabbit hole that you go down constantly when you think that. Like without experiences, if you really think about it, I think it scares everybody. Mm-hmm. And who's to say? You know, well, nobody really knows what's in the great beyond. And who's to say that there's in, any single one religion that's got everything right? Maybe it takes pieces from every religion to figure out the uh, the grand picture or scheme of things. I think that's very relevant. I think you you need to educate yourself to be able to categorize yourself, even if you can categorize. I, I don't think it's that easy. From all the shit that I've seen and experienced on my own two feet, um, it's just one of those things that you kind of have to throw your hand with and go, what the fuck? You have to. Is that if you try, the more you try to become, it's so funny. No one's an expert at this. No. You just get practice. You, you really do. And it's ever changing. It's always different. It's like a thumbprint. You're never going to have the same thing that's routinely over and over. I don't think that that's an accurate depiction of, you know, when they talk about exorcism, it's, it's, that's the part about the full scenario that I'm taken back by is that, you know, they're like, oh, well, this is typically what works um, on this type of case. Like, no, they're, they're very different, each and every one of them. Some of them only have certain things that happen to them. I don't think it's in succession everything that, that's on that list. You know, I think it's, it's one, maybe two things that are throughout the whole list combined. Mm-hmm. that you actually suffer through. Because if you had to live through all of those stages, dude, I don't think that you're mentally capable of going through that much torment. There's no way that your average Joe could physically go through that and mentally without biting a bullet. There's just no way. That's too much. One or two out of you know three phases, it, I would think, would be it's a stretch. You know, it's it's very hard to maintain, a, you know, just one or two through the various levels, let alone all of that. And I, I, I don't think that's a fair depiction of it. I think that, you know, it should be bullet points. Like, one of these things can happen. Like, all of this shit, because that would be overwhelming. I think there's definitely, like, a mental and physical breakdown before uh, you can enter another stage of possession. It's, yeah, it's you're going up the ladder, not going down. Yeah, and I really think that, uh, like we just talked about, that uh, 
maybe the secrets of creation are hidden within all religions and it's just you know each each religion holds a piece of the puzzle and nobody has it right you know everybody just needs to come together so we can figure out the the grand scheme of things yeah you know and like i've said multiple times before it's it's comforting to hear other people because you can tell immediately when you go through something like this you have a sense and it's not like a sixth sense or anything you just know when people are full of shit because you listen to it and some of the most radical ones and far out there i after watching this exorcist stuff and you know getting to be as intimate with it as we've gotten to be um just doing what we've done with research aspect of it um i would have to say <laughs> the worst case scenario is the ones that you look at the most because it's it's what's going to end up that's the question you got to ask is how extreme does this happen and you always think of it that way because the, the small shit's extreme can you imagine you know learning all this and then find out there's phases of this very thing happening and you can identify with it through each stage you know and we're at level two i don't know what's ahead of us as far as you know having to sit down and actually pinpoint it in my my situation and give you my aspect of it um my head though <laughs> i don't know yeah, with all the research that we've done about it and all the people we've talked to, I'm sure we haven't even scratched the surface in the depths of, you know, paranormal and possession and exorcism and everything that's intertwined within. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the reason that's made me do this is because people are like, oh, it's demonic, it's something that's attached to you, and it's, I've had to be able to identify this and, you know, go down. It's, if we talk to a priest... <laughs> It, he's leading you down a path of this very list that we're talking about now. And in very subtle ways, he'll pull stuff out. He'll, he'll make you elaborate on it, kind of like what you're doing to me. And it's, it's his way of, you know, checking down the list, in my opinion. And being able to do that on my own without, and direct my own mind and not have to, to answer really just, identify a list and do it on my own without prayer in between things and just doing it that way. It's, it's been it's a trip. This whole thing is a trip to think about. Absolutely. And I think with that being said, uh, we'll close out the second installment of Exorcism as we dive deeper into the uh, topic. Unless you've got anything else, I think we'll uh, we'll sign out on this one. Yeah. All right. Just, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to say as a parting, uh, <laughs> parting sentence to these people before we uh, sign out tonight? If you guys want to get a hold of us at Dino Nuggets seven four one at Gmail, we'd love to hear from you. Um, stay tuned till uh, next Friday. Yep, we'll uh, we'll probably be reading some uh, you know stories from you guys on here um if we get some submissions we'll be happy to read them and give you our thoughts and opinions on them for sure yeah, yeah definitely all right well till next time we'll do another 
probably another segment on here because I don't even think we've uh, gotten anywhere near <laughs> the level. Of... Well, this one's going to take a minute. Oh, absolutely. And as long as you guys keep enjoying the content we're putting out, we're going to keep putting it out for you. So stay tuned because we're going to do another one. Have a good night.